Welcome to Red and Yellow, the podcast about all things to do with refereeing at grassroots level, looking at the laws of football, speaking to guests and trying to help you become a better referee with Adam Humphreys and me, Ed Connell. Hello, it's Adam here and I just wanted to get in on this episode of Red or Yellow to say a couple of things. Firstly, please send us your questions. You can send them on Instagram, you can send them via email, any which way you want. All the links are in the show notes. And we absolutely love answering listener questions because that is what's going to help you become a better referee. And that is what this podcast is all about. Added to that, please hit subscribe and follow the podcast in your little podcast app. And that way, our meandering chats will magically appear on your phone whenever we have a new episode to release. And just one more thing, just a reminder that all views expressed in this podcast are indeed that of myself, Adam Humphreys, and not that of Football Queensland. And now the legal stuff's out of the way, let's crack on with the show. Ed! Hello, Adam. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm tired. It's Sunday night here in the UK, and... Uh, I got up early this morning to don't, record a podcast. Don't do this. And set my alarm on a Sunday morning, and then somebody can't think who it was captured <laughs> on me at the last minute. Uh, once Mate. I was already up and uh, up and awake. Um, so you, you, you need to get a better tonight. co-host. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, it's a Monday morning, and I've had to get up at four thirty in order to do this. So I think we're even. That is crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's is that just, what it is there now? Uh, no, it's no, now it's that. quarter past six. Yeah. Oh, because you wanted to get up and prep, you mean? Always. Yeah. I wanted to read all the law changes. See, I do my homework. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I, and the, the, I, I need to say to the listeners, actually, the reason we haven't recorded for a while is because you're a sire brat. I'm a what? A sire brat. Do you know what that means? No. So this is the most amazing thing ever, right? On my phone, I've got a, um, I've got a, uh, it's not offensive, don't worry. <laughs> Look on your face, you're like, what has he just called me? Well, no, um, I'm, I'm actually just more surprised you know a word that I don't. That's just a shock oh, to me more. Oh, wow, wow. Cyberite. Okay, um, so I've got this app on my phone that's called Vocabulary, and it sends you, like, new words to learn every single day. And I've learned lots of new words. It's really good. And I have a widget on my homepage. I'm always learning new words. And this morning, one came up, and I'm like, that describes Ed to a T and explains a lot of the reasons why we haven't recorded recently. Do you want to know what cyberite means? Yeah, go for it. It's a noun, a person devoted to pleasure and luxury. Well, I mean, isn't everybody if they had the opportunity? <laughs> Not sure that makes me a bad person. Um, yeah, I don't know why we haven't recorded for, I mean, obviously people would appreciate that we are both working busy lives, both living opposite sides of the world. And it's amazing uh, we it's get not, it done sometimes, to be honest. I yeah, think. to think that we're on episode 18, uh, on this journey, I think is remarkable in itself, but yeah, no, it's not, it's not easy. And sometimes, you know, things change at the last minute and then we have to try and you know, book something else and again. So yeah, I'm sorry about that to people that have been messaging us and asking what's happened. Um, I think everybody knows now that we will be continuing. It's just sometimes the gaps are a little bit long, but we'll try our best to eliminate those if we can going forward. But uh, also, like, it's nice. It you know, like not putting ourselves under pressure doesn't make it a chore. Do you know what I mean? And and yeah. then also, you know, more infrequent means people probably value it a little bit more when it pops up. You know, which is nice. Yeah, um, no, I agree. And also, I've actually had a few. Um, so I've had a few. Uh, what have I had? I've had one assessor recently in in my recent past um, assess me, and he mentioned the podcast, and he was like, "It's great. I really like it. Like you do a really good job on it, and you know, it's really clearly helping people, which was nice from him." That's and good. and then I, on the phone at work the other day, I was on the phone to another one, and he says he mentions it to people who are doing a new here it's called the level four course and he encourages them to listen to it to learn the laws and, and stuff like that so that's really nice that so is really cool if you're one of those people not the assessors but well yes yes hello to the assessors as well but also to the um to the new people who are listening to to learn the laws welcome yeah welcome and um you know people can dip in um they can start at the beginning if they want to and go through the laws 
from one through to 17, or they can sort of uh, join the journey midway through. You know I'm what? just going to apologise in the background because I've got, um, if you hear helicopters um, going across, because it's been the British Grand Prix today, Yes. the heliport near to where I live, which is of London's main heliport, is been um, so busy today. Um, probably the busiest day of the year and so there's still helicopters coming and going even though it's now 20 past nine at night here in and, the and that's just your family members and next door neighbors isn't it well exactly it's living in friend. chelsea like you do of course exactly <laughs> had a day at the grand prix popping in for a glass of bubbles on the way home was it a good Grand Prix? time to talk to you. Uh, it was from a british perspective because uh we had Lando. Lewis Lando on the podium. So um, that hasn't happened, I think, for quite some time. So that's it's good. Mm. And it's actually yeah. quite exciting for various reasons. But uh, anyway, enough about are other you, sports. Wait, are you into Formula One? I didn't know you was into it. Yeah, I've been into Formula One a uh, long, long time. It's my first British Grand Prix when I was about 17 years of age. Did you? Wow, I've never yeah. been to a Grand Prix. I'd love to go. Um, and I've been to the British Grand Prix a few times. And Did you fly been... in on a helicopter? No, I didn't, sadly. I was 17 at <laughs> the time. So. You said that so, like, so like it, oh, no, it's something I would do. <laughs> but the, the last Grand Prix I went to was the uh, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, which is really Did cool. You know, if anybody think about doing a Grand Prix, I'd highly recommend that one. Did you know in Qatar and um, in Yemen, they're not allowed to watch the Flintstones? Oh, but Abu Dhabi do! <laughs> Terrible. Oh, wow. Any, wow. Any, any new listeners that we had have just zo- no, zoned out immediately. Yeah, but all the dads um, that we have listening really appreciate that joke. Terrible. Absolutely it was. Terrible. It was great, though. Right. Um, should, we, should, we, um, should we go through the order of the day? Yeah, so I thought we'd just keep to our, our tried and tested formula. So we thought we'd start with some news and then... Lovely. Today we're not going to do... Uh, Law, I think we're on to Law 14, aren't we? We should be going to Law 14, but we're yeah, not going to do that this throwing. week. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to look at the IFAB new laws for the coming season because that's a bit more relevant, a bit more interesting people. Uh, I think we've got one or two questions that we picked out from our post bag. And then uh, we've got a couple of fun facts as well to round Ooh, things yay. off. So How lovely. Just the usual. Um, but the first bit of news I want to talk about is um, about the... Offside law, because there's been a lot of stuff on social media about changes in the offside law. And I think a lot of people have actually um, mistakenly interpreted what's been on online. In fact, what's happened is um, Arsene Wenger, who we've talked about before, who is part of the sort of rule changes committee, he um, suggested there should be a change to the offside law. And the suggestion that he made was that um, if there was... Uh, you had to be completely in front of the the attacker had to be completely in front of the defensive player to be offside. So it's any part of the body with which you could make contact legitimately with the ball was either in line with or behind the uh, defender, you would be uh, in an onside position. So... So that's what's his proposal, okay? In a, well, his proposal, attempt... his proposal now is like daylight between the defender and the attacker, right? Yeah, he. I mean, he yeah. basically says you got, you know, unless you are completely beyond the player, yeah, and and there's no part of your body that we've beyond the second last defender, yeah, yeah, then then you you'd be uh, on side. So um, that has been read by a lot of people as being the new law, but in fact, it's not the new law. It's not the new law for here or, in fact, for Australia. It is going to be trials uh, this coming season in um, three countries, in fact. So it's going to mm-hmm. be trialled in the Netherlands, uh, Italy and Sweden. And so reading reading from the blurb, to make it even easier, because I don't think it made it particularly clear what I said a moment ago, uh, a player will be deemed offside only if their entire body with which they can play the ball is ahead of the last, or last defender or second last person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what you think about this, Adam. I, I'm, I'm not particularly happy about that proposal. I don't think it brings any greater clarity to anything. I mean, it it provides a slight advantage to the attacking team, which 
you know, I think people have consistently said is a is a good thing for football, for entertainment, for people watching to give the advantage to the attacking team. But I think it's probably gone too far by sort of saying, you know, unless you are completely beyond the second last player, you're offside. I think that's gone a bit far. I mean, I was quite happy with what it used to be, which was, you know, pre-VAR days, whereby, you know, if you... Pre-VAR days, I think you, you would give the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. That's, I think, generally what would have happened. Mm. And I was happy with that. But I'm just not sure that we need to go so far as to make it, you know, even bigger advantage for attackers. And I'm not sure this brings any greater clarity in terms of people watching the game or for officials. I don't know. What, what do you think? The first, the first thing that I think we're going to have a massive problem with is... Um, is everyone seeing it on social media and believing it's the new offside law, not realizing it's yeah, only absolutely. being like that's that's the first hurdle we're all gonna have to get over, right? And there's gonna be copious amounts of arguments on the fields um in you know, like next season until it's actually been rolled out as an IFAB law. Like because it's been all amounts. over social media. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and okay, everyone and it's and it's over social media as new offside law. Yeah, and it's absolutely. not true. I mean, is do you know if it's being trialed in Serie A, Eredivisie, and um, I can't remember what the other country was. Is it in their top leagues or because yeah, no, now, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it, it's in their top that's leagues. Yeah, mess them up big time when it comes to Champions League and stuff, isn't it? So yeah, um, that's interesting. But I I struggle with it a little bit. Like I kind of get it. I'm also like, why did it need changing? I don't think officials are getting it wrong very often. And I feel like the only time we should respond to a law is when the officials are unable to call it appropriately. And I don't know, you've watched a lot more football than I have um, over the last year. But I feel like offsides, generally assistants do a really good job on them. I, I um, think assistants do a... I don't know what the stats are in terms of the percentage of offside decisions that um, top flight officials get right. I would imagine they're pretty, pretty high. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just not sure that just coming up with a different way of measuring offside is actually going to make things any easier. I mean, all this seems to be to do is to give an advantage to the attacking team, okay, no. which I kind of think you could have had anyway with an interpretation of the law before. What I envisage, Pre what I envisage with it, though, is I think it probably gives you it will give the AR more clarity between when the ball is played forward and where that attacker is. Because the the really the difficult, the most difficult aspect of offside, especially when you're dealing with very fast players, um, which is something you never had to worry about, Ed, um, <laughs> is is when they they cross so like when you have a defense moving forward and an attacker moving yeah oh, sorry a defense moving up and an attacker moving towards goal and the ball is and like you know the really top 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 draw players they time that so astutely and it's that crossing that like as an ar you kind of look and, and you kind of you just run on instinct sometimes and i think it will take an element of that away it will give us so much more clarity between the crossover of players because you can you can you can see the daylight between them i think i think that will help to a degree but i also don't think we was getting it wrong that much to begin with no um, and also the, the the article that i read about it said that the new law is aimed to eradicate the guesswork involved in determining offsides Mm. And the advantage back towards the attacking team, which plainly it does, mm. and enable a more free-flowing, exciting spectacle for fans. Well, I'm not sure that's right, but it definitely it definitely gives the advantage back towards the attacking team because it yeah. means you can be, you know, your ankle can be level with the you know, part of the defense second last player, and mm. you can be effectively almost a stride ahead of the defender. I mean, yeah. it, it's going to lead to a lot more dogzos. Yeah, and and, and, lead, just and, to... and and therefore it's going to lead to probably less of a spectacle because you're going to have more teams down to 10 men because you're going to have defenders charging to make up or or what's going to happen is defences are just going to sit deeper. And, well, and the... so you're not going to get so many one-on-one, -on -one, like, you know, kind of goals. You're just going to have defences sitting deeper and it's going to create a more defensive game. 
Because the way I would battle it as a coach, sorry to interrupt, the way I'd battle it as a coach is I'd be like, look, just step off 20 more yards. Like, just don't, you can't afford to be in a foot race with a striker if you're a centre-back. So don't let that happen. Just keep him in front of you and just jockey him along. So I would be, I mean, look, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, right? Like, it will, if IFAB take it on for the laws of the game, then we'll find out. But, um then clearly it must have worked. But I imagine, what? especially in Italy, like I imagine they'll just defend a lot more. But it's not a high they, score. They, they obviously are going to assess it, but to make things even more complicated, according to FIFA, it's not it's not being implemented in uh, all three of the top flights because, as you say, that would probably provide a bit of inconsistency in terms of international games and European games. So just to make things even more complicated, they are going to start off with trialling it in Sweden with the men's under-21 and the women's under-19 leagues as their subjects. Then it's going to be put into uh, in-action stages across Italy and the Netherlands. And then FIFA's rule change board will meet to assess its impact. Mm. And as I said before, it's all about... Uh, Arsene Wenger is the person that conjured up this rule change. He presented it to the FIFA president, Gianni Infantino, in March of 2021. Apparently he had hoped that it was going to be introduced in time for the uh, World Cup last year, but um, that obviously didn't happen. But um, the the other piece of um, sort of news relating to the offside law is, you'll recall, Adam, that in in Qatar, they had that that new scheme for offside, the sort of semi-automatic offside scheme, where it came up with a graphic. Do you remember we talked about it last year because they did it in the sort of the European uh, competitions last year? Mm. But obviously, you, know, they, you get quite there's a chip in the middle of the ball, and we've talked about this before. Yes, right. And the chip, the chip in the middle of the ball allows them to provide even sort of greater accuracy in terms of um, sort of offsides in relation to players. Um, because they said that that enhances the technology and it does it you don't get the sort of margin of error you get with VAR cameras where there's a slight, you know, fractions of a second delay can make a big difference. Mm. So interestingly, that which was used during uh, the World Cup and which I think is already in use, if I'm not wrong, in I think it's the Spanish League that, that use it already. But the the it was it was thought that was going to be um introduced into the Premier League this season because the one of the benefits of it is increased accuracy, but more importantly, um quicker results because I think the average time for a that new system is you know uh, x number of seconds compared yeah. with you know y number of seconds before. But apparently they um did it wasn't even on the table as a potential rule change for the Premier League this season. They simply mm. opted not to debate it. Um, and the decision they decided to take was they were going to, I think we spoke about this in a previous podcast, they're going to introduce, I think, four new cameras as part of the VAR system yeah. to try and improve. Things. Isn't that one of but, the issues um, with Luton being in the Premier League? They haven't got space. Yeah, so, yeah. so they, yeah, that was one of the big issues there because obviously they've got problems about the installation uh, of that. But, yeah, so I thought that's quite interesting because that, that was, um, I thought, pretty good system. I quite liked it. So, so. Apparently, on average, yeah. The, what, do we, what we think is the, and this is not the fun fact time, but what do you mm-hmm. say is the average time for our current system of VAR to um, get to a know, decision, assess the deci- an offside decision? Yeah, forty seconds. No, see, it's already seventy seconds. Wow, it's over a minute. So it's over a minute on average for mm. those decisions already, mm. and um, I think some of the long, some of the longer ones have been sort of you know minutes rather than sort of that seconds. Um, so you would have thought that maybe it would have been you know a sensible thing to mm. um, introduce, but apparently it wasn't even on the table. Um, changes, just... changes. Um is a hard thing to get through in football because there's a lot of people who have, you know, there's a lot of, like, massive balancing acts at play, you know, and what might seem obvious from one angle isn't always obvious from the other angle. Um, And so that is, um, that's probably why, it's probably why it seems very obvious um, to some people, like, well, you know, why don't I just implement it? But it's, 
you know, it can take a long, a long time to get these things through. Yeah. Reminded um, by going back to the Arsene Wenger thing, I'm reminded by when they changed. Didn't they? They tried. They've tried changes of offside law before, haven't they? Didn't we discuss this in the podcast once? And um, yeah, no, like we, no we, offside th- law or something. Yeah, no, there, there were. I think what happened was there was a. Don't think that it happened, but there was certainly a proposal that they, they and they trialed the it. offside I'm sure they law. Trialed it. Yeah, um, almost certainly did. Mm. Um, and I think that it did produce the sort of desired results, which is obviously more goals. Mm. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so that so that those are the only two bits of news that um, I'd seen since we last spoke. Once yeah. well, we'll get chances. we'll get some more stuff to chat about soon, won't we? Because the women's world cup yeah. starts here in. Um, Oh, you're really going for it tonight, aren't you? Wine and Coke. Yeah, it's a good combo. And <laughs> not together, not combined in the same glass. It's no, but the, have you ever had that before, by the way? Just as a aside. Wine and, wine and Coke they in a glass. Drink, they a drink it in Spain. Up. Oh, of course no, they, they drink do. it in Spain. No, no. Red, red That's wine called sangria. and Coke. That's called sangria. No, no, no. no. It's red wine and Coke is a, a drink they have in Spain. Is and it? it's actually very, very nice. Is yeah. it? Oh, yeah, for those people who aren't seeing. Obviously, the, the footage. Uh, I'm not drinking them together, a la Espania. <laughs> I'm, uh, clearly, clearly, I'm not enough of a cyberite to know that. Hey, yeah, exactly. Um, so there we go. That's my news. But as you said, there'll be plenty of news coming out, especially as we sort of um, get close to the start of the Premier League season as well. Oh, and so, um, and I think Football Queensland have two officials at the Women's World Cup, which is pretty really? awesome. Yeah, yeah. One of them's my colleague who sits behind me called Misuk. Um, she's an assistant referee, so I hope she does really well and has a good time. Be very interesting, won't it? Excellent, good yeah. stuff. Mm. So, as we said earlier on, the uh, given that the new laws for the coming season for IFAB have just come out, um, I thought it would be good opportunity for us to discuss those. Um, I think we promoted before their um, free app you can download. You, you you must have the app on your phone as well, do you, Adam? The yeah, iFab yeah, app, the yeah. IFAB. Yeah, it always annoys me because when I'm searching for it, I type in iFab and nothing comes up. So you have to type nothing in laws of the game. Up. It's so annoying, isn't it? It's so annoying. It's yeah. so, I'm glad I'm not the only person who finds that irritating. No, we need, to do, we need to review and let them know that it's very irritating because I go to look for it and think, oh, where's it gone? And... Yeah, I agree. But if you haven't got it, I, it's a free app and it's great. And the great thing about it is it's got all the laws of the game. It contains sort of graphics for um, different parts of the laws. But what's really great for the purposes of our discussion now is each year when they bring out the new laws, they have a section which you can download, which is simply the, the law changes, yeah, which is, is really, really good. Mm. Um so I'll be honest, I don't think the laws, the game changes that have been introduced for this coming season are huge. Not like um, when they change the dog zone law. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's the, there's nothing like particularly big. I cut some of these law changes for me have got the feel of, well, we need to justify our existence. We need to tinker with something. Otherwise, mm. people think we're not doing anything. Maybe. So let, let's just provide a bit more clarification on a couple of things, which honestly, I, I'll say in respect to one, one topic, I do welcome them because I think they have tried to do that. And I do also mm. think there's a law change that they've introduced, which in relation to goalkeepers, or which will largely apply to goalkeepers, which I think is also quite important. So, mm. um, yeah, so I think there were, if I remember, uh, I think seven different laws have had changes for the coming year. Um, mm-hmm. They're all relatively small changes. There's also been yeah. uh, something in relation to VARs, which I'm probably not going to bother with. But um, the first of which is in relation to Law 3 and uh, players. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, this 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 smacks of let let's let's justify our existence. So, um, the law was before if after a goal is scored, the referee realizes before play restarts, an extra person on the field of play when the goal is scored, then they must disallow the goal. Um, but the the introduction is of a few extra words, which is uh, on the field of play when the goal is scored, and the new words are and that person interfered with play. Which, Which I think make, it, makes sense. It makes sense logically, right? But you could imagine yeah. there probably has been a few oh, yeah. situations where Absolutely. someone's run onto the pitch, team scored the goal, 
and a referee's disallowed it. And and the thing is, is I actually quite like that one because it protects the referee. It stops the referee from having to do well strict in law in a situation like that. Like it's, you know, although it's you know we always say like what does the game expect? And in that situation, you know, if there's an extra person on the field to play, he's not interfered with play. The game would expect the goal to stand. That's fine. So this, but this it, it plainly it, has it's just come the law out that protects that the referee. What so match? what was the match that we talked about this season where we got lots of post bag stuff about it where players ran on just as, just oh, as the goal was about to be that scored? Was, that was in like was it that was that was, was the it, England was it, that was the England World Cup quarter final, wasn't it? No, well, no it was, no, it it was, was the Argentina penalty kicks. That so it was it was it was in the World Cup. Yeah, so it was the I think because there was a lot of fuss. Remember, there was, we had a lot of yeah. people in the post bag saying. Yeah. That's oh, right. the goal should have been disallowed because the subs, if you look, the substitutes are on the pitch yep. and before the goals hit the back of the net. And so I think common sense has now prevailed here with a bit of clarification to say, well, yeah, okay. But the goal's only disallowed if they've interfered play. That's a very which, good point. Which I think makes sense, really. Absolutely. So that, that's, you know, that's a sensible yeah. um, amendment. The, who, the, who did, I didn't even know a reserve assistant referee was a thing. Are we? Are you want to talk about law number? The change to law number six. Well, oh, sorry. Exactly. Did you have something else? So in law three. No, no, no that was that was. Cool. But yeah. but you did you did then sort of introduce no, yeah, law I'm number just, six. You know, I just, I've got ADHD now. Did you see that? Did you see that post? Yeah, no. I've been diagnosed with ADHD. So you're just going to have you? to come along for the ride. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Anyway, um, the other match officials. Yeah, well, as you say, this relates to the reserve assistant referee, which obviously I, I have the, the benefit of reserve assistant referees every time I'm refereeing Sunday League football, as I do mean, you, I'm sure. The I mean, I, I wouldn't know what I'd do without my RAR. No, exactly. <laughs> every time and I step onto the pitch, I just go, rawr. Well, this, this, this law, <laughs> which, what an eye roll that was. That was an eye roll. Yeah, it doesn't come across in an audio podcast, but that was a massive eye roll. Um, so the the reserve assistant referee, if you have the good fortune to have who one, they are. are they the ones who stand behind the goal in Champions League games? With the ones? I don't know. And what it says, <laughs> um, a reserve assistant referee may replace an assistant referee, fourth official, or additional assistant referee. So there must be these wand holders that... It was unable to continue, but they can't take point. on the, the centre referee because the centre referee's backup is the fourth official. Yeah. Um, that was worth knowing. And also says, adds in the words, and may also assist the referee in the same way as the other on-field match officials. Um, now, does that mean that if they're mic'd up, mm. that they can chip for, in their, yeah. their pennies? Yeah. yeah. Rightly so. I mean, the fourth um, official puts in their pennies worth, so why can't they? And rightly so. More eyes, more coverage, more correct decisions. Uh, well, anyway, there we go. For for those who've ever had the benefit of having reserves as a referee, I'll tell you what. Uh, if you ever have had the benefit and you listen to this of having reserves assistant referees, please do get in touch. And please, what, can what you tell us? That is. Please, can you tell us like how they enhance your game? Because that like is. I know we're being a bit dismissive of it, but there must be a purpose to them, and I'm sure that purpose becomes abundantly clear when you're refereeing at that level. But it's hard for us to imagine. That is a gig I want, though, to be the reserve assistant referee. I mean, what are the odds that you actually get called upon to do something with when the man who when the when the man or woman who holds up the uh, the substitution board sprains their wrist or something? You sort of get involved. You just have to fly around Europe a lot and just never quite get the full gig. Um, wow. Right, the duration of the match, allowance for time lost. Oh yeah, so again, this is. I think this is. A good bit of tinkerage. I mean, I don't think the, the the game would have been disaster without it. But what it says now is is that you should make allowance for time lost um, in a game as a result of goal celebrations, which mm. I kind of think people used to do anyway, didn't they? You know, the law. I mean, if you've got someone taking a long time to celebrate a goal, mm. um, you're not sort of watching the clock a bit when you when people are doing that. If you think they're taking the mick a bit. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I honestly, honestly, like as a practical point, allowance for time lost, it's one of those things that you're never, like one, 
uh, sort of our levels. You can never it's be never over, never be overly it's, it's... accurate with it. And to be fair, like no one, you, you can't win with it, right? Because you're either going to add all the time on and end up playing, you know, really, you know, we know the ball is only live in a game for like 65 to 70 actual minutes. So what, are you actually going to play 15 minutes at a time? Of course you're not, not at our level. Like players no. will kill you for it. And, and also at so, our level, the goal celebrations don't go on forever. No. You know, they're not running up to the, I mean, I know you get fans at your games, but they're not really sort of they're not doing running it to the corner yeah. and doing their sort of dance routine and, yeah. you know, so I just putting think, their face in the camera. Yeah. I just think like generally for this, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't overthink it. Just everyone kind of accepts just, you know, I always just go over general feeling of how I feel for time added time. If I haven't got a fourth official and that general feeling is okay. I've like maybe, 10 seconds there, 20 seconds at this point. Well, maybe give a minute yeah. here for that, and then we'll just go from there. And generally, the only time you have an issue is if one team's one team's lost 1-0, and that's it, really. Exactly. And, and I think the important thing is, more than anything, is to be aware of your power to do that, because there's bound to be somebody who's going to have read the law changes. They'll be playing a sort of cup game. It'll be like the 85th minute. And the team will go one nil up and they'll be taking forever to get back to their half. And you're going to have somebody saying to you, I hope you're stopping the clock, ref. And, um, you know, you now have the actual reason to yeah. say, yeah. I, I mean, in that, often what I do is I, I put my hands above my head and go to stop the clock, but then I, I yeah. actually do, just yeah. so everyone thinks I am. And then it takes away to say. We'll do a bit of that. Yeah, yeah of course. We'll do a bit of that. Yeah. So Okay, so then Lord 10 has been a, very small change and my analysis Adam correct me if I'm wrong but law law 10 which is about penalties all they've done is replaced the words kicks from the penalty mark with the words penalties bracket penalty shootout I can't see there's anything else in that that they've changed yeah you, that. you're just missing you're missing the hyphen in the word shootout <laughs> a look of death <laughs> um and, and and also it says that um warnings and cautions issued to players and team officials during the match are not carried forward into the penalty shootout. I'm not quite sure the rationale behind that. Any idea warnings why and cautions. Yeah, don't understand that. Um really? It's, yeah. Cautions get wiped in a penalty shootout. Yeah, that's what it seems to be suggesting there. Again, unless I've read that wrong. Um, that's the the okay. change. It says a player has been sent off during the game during the match is not put to take part. Mm. Warnings and cautions issued to players and team officials during the match are not carried forward into the penalty shootout. That seems to make no sense to me at all. No sense at all. But then again, um, I wonder whether that's now because, of course, there's the law change coming up in relation to um uh sporting well, what's the word I'm looking for? Misbehavior. Misconduct. Um, misconduct that's introduced now for, that's going to impact upon goalkeepers. Wonder whether that is something which they don't want to impact upon the outcomes of games. It might, might. We'll come back to that in a second when we deal with the the other substantive law changes. Um, but anyway, that is the only thing I can see in terms of law number ten. But that doesn't nor- look like a, sorry, that doesn't look like a change to me because it's not underlined and in yellow. So it must have always been a case. A player who has been sent off during the match is not permitted to take part. Warnings and cautions issued to players and team officials during the match are not carried forward. So that must have always been the case because that bit's not yeah. highlighted in, in yellow. No, that's true. They just added in the words to players and team officials. It's but, good job. Um, I had to send someone off in a, uh, for a second yellow card in a penalty shootout. Exactly. Um, now, the next bit is kind of, I think, quite helpful. That And it's the most substantive changes of all the laws. So... Uh, we've covered this before. Um, mm-hmm. Ball goes toward there's a there's a player who is between the second last man or woman and the goalkeeper. Right, just quickly, right. this is in relation to the offside law. This is in relation to the offside mm. law. Yep. So you've got an attacking player who would be uh, if the ball passed to him by a teammate, in being an offside position. However, ball goes to the second last man, a defense defender, and the. Defender deliberately kicks the ball 
or deliberately tries to play the ball and it, for example, loops over their heads to the player who would have been in our position. Now, that, that was always the law, okay, provided somebody, it was a deliberate attempt to play the ball by the defender. We've mm-hmm. talked before about the laws explaining to you the sort of criteria you take into account in trying to make that decision as whether it's deliberate or not. Anyway, they, they've provided even more guidance on this now. So it's all about this whole thing about receiving the ball from an opponent who deliberately plays the ball. Now, um, deliberate. this is the bit that's been added in. Deliberate play, um, excluding deliberate handball, is when a player has control of the ball with the possibility of passing the ball to a teammate, gaining possession of the ball, or clearing the ball, e.g. by kicking or heading it. Uh, if the pass or attempt to gain possession or clearance by the player and control the ball is inaccurate or unsuccessful, that does not negate the fact the player deliberately played the ball. Well, that kind of is common sense. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. following criteria should be used as appropriate, as indicators that a player was in control of the ball, and as a result can be considered to have deliberately played the ball. So what it's done, it seems to me, is expanded upon that very simple concept of making assessments to whether the player has deliberately played the ball. They're giving you Sorry, even more. The defender has deliberately yeah, played the ball. The defender has deliberately played the ball. They're, they're giving us extra criteria to to perform that assessment. Now mm-hmm. it's still the. I think broadly speaking, it's still the same decision making process. But but it, it, I don't suppose it does any harm to have um, even further clarification. So criteria should be taken into account in making that assessment. Um, the ball travelled uh, from. Ball traveled from distance and the player had a clear view of it. View of it. Uh, secondly, the ball was not moving quickly. Thirdly, the direction of the ball was not unexpected. I think it's quite important that one. Um, fourthly, the player had time to coordinate their body movement. I, it was not a case of instinctive stretching or jumping or a movement that achieved limited contact or control. That I think is going to be the difficult bit. And finally, a ball moving on the ground is easier to play than a ball in the air. Yeah. So, um, I think those are all quite helpful. It yep. just provides a bit more detail. I I think what's really quite interesting here is the direction of the ball is not unexpected. That I think is quite interesting because obviously if it's sort of deflected off another player, mm-hmm. um, you know, that might be something you want to take into account, but it's very close to the defend, defender when they come to, to kick or head it. Mm-hmm. And also that's really about the concept of how much time they had has now been expanded upon by saying, you know, did they have the time to coordinate their body movement? So, you know, ball suddenly comes, deflects off somebody, defend, defender sort of thrusts a leg out to, to try and make contact with it, and that then goes on to the attacking player. That would have been before deemed to be player then in an onside position, attacking player in the onside position. Now, you'd be able to turn around and say, well, no, um, although he made contact with the ball, he didn't have time to coordinate his body movement. Um, and it was more a case of a, you know an instinctive stretch rather than anything else. So I think that's that's quite useful clarification. Do you think? Yeah, no, I do. I um, I could have done with this on the Lion years ago, in the and uh, I was on the Roman League. Um, and yeah, I determined that the defender deliberately played the ball, and therefore the guy who was in a very offside position. Um, uh, you okay? We keep you from your your WhatsApp chat that's going on in the background. Other. <laughs> no, I don't know what's going on there. Don't, don't, it must be, don't it must let us keep you my... from from me and the uh, the listeners. If you've got it other things be, to be doing, it must be on my computer. It is there? We go. Quick WhatsApp. Um, yeah. So um, so as I was saying, yeah, there's a, a, a defender in a in an offside position when the ball was played forward, and the defender's kind of made a play on the ball, and he's had plenty of time. The ball was in the air, but he's had plenty of time, and he he's hit it with his knee. And I thought he had time to coordinate his body. Like this would have defended my decision a lot more. Whereas back then he was, it was probably offside. Um, so it's, it's a, div, you know, it is useful. We've done a lot of work on this in our trainings here at Football Queensland. Um, like oh, really? For the panel referees and, and everything. And we see a lot of like video clips and stuff um, on something called FIFA Red, which is what FIFA used to, um, to help train their officials online, right. which is a really useful tool. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. It is really hard. Some of these decisions are so tough to get right. Cause you know, the ball's bouncing around or it goes up in the air and you're looking at, you know, like it is tough. So definitely spend some time thinking about it and thinking about what your process is going to be 
to get these considerations right if that defender plays the ball um like think it through in your head like what are the three what are the things i need to look at time time coordination is the ball in the air how easy is it to play the ball um and just kind of get through that in in your head i think the important thing is is that i mean this does happen i think more than you'd like it to i, I mean i don't like it when this happens and i we, we've talked before about how i made a, a mistake about this in the game not not long ago but I think you've got to be familiar with the, the, that criteria because whatever decision you give, you're yeah, going to need to be able to justify yourself. The other thing, and, the other, sorry, the other thing you need to remember as well is you don't need to tick all of them off, but no, you probably absolutely. need to tick more than one of them off. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that I think I think you, you know if somebody's just the ball suddenly comes out of nowhere and they sort of stab their leg out you know that and I, I didn't have the chance to to actually position themselves and get control of it or, or you know mm. that i think mm. of itself is enough but I, do, I just think you are going to need to be in a position to turn around and say mm. the reason why i did or didn't give it is this mm-hmm. um and so i think you do need to be familiar with that law change but yeah Absolutely so that, right. that's that's a useful um a useful a addition yeah yeah I, I'm not sure that the amendments that come into the penultimate um, law change this year are really that useful. So law number 12, fouls and misconduct. Um, you, you're no doubt going to tell me this is a significant thing. But other than, again, replacing the words kicked on the penalty mark with penalties mm-hmm. and penalty shootout, they've added in um, a bit further on. When, they, when you're talking about cautions for unsporting behaviour, and being in a different circumstances when a player must be cautioned for unsporting behaviour. Um, what they've included in is the words, or a challenge for the ball. Um, so I'll put I'll read it in the context of when the paragraph's been amended. There are different circumstances when a player must be cautioned for unsporting behaviour, including if a player commits any other offence which interferes with or stops a promising attack, except where the referee awards a penalty kick for an offence which was an attempt to play the ball, and then words inserted... Or a challenge for the ball. Doesn't that I'm just right? align it? That aligns it to the dogs law. Is that is that the? I mean, I, I couldn't yeah. for my because, part because because it makes it a footballing. It makes it a footballing um, tackle, doesn't it? As opposed right. to as opposed to like pulling a shirt or something like that. It just I think it just aligns it to dogzo. Okay, well that, that that then that doesn't make sense. That's all good. Um, yeah, that well that's fine then, isn't it? So that's okay. Um, and then the only other section I think of that law which has been changed is in relation to team officials. Mm. Uh, and the law was where an offence is committed and the offender cannot be identified. This is dealing with team officials. The senior team coach present in the technical area will receive the sanction. What's now been added in is um, the words, so now it's as follows, when an offence is committed, new words inserted, by someone from the technical area, substitute, substitute player, sent-off player or team official. Then back to what it was before. Just and kind the of, offender cannot be identified. Yeah. It's just, just just groups them all, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just expanding upon mm-hmm. people that fall into that category of team official, which was kind of pretty much evident anyway. Um, and then the last one is in relation to penalty kick, and this has had a bit of sort of traction on social media. So people may have read about this, but we're all familiar with penalty kicks where the goalkeeper kind of gets up to their antics of sort of walking up to pick up the ball and <clears> hand it to the attacker and put it on the penalty spot. And then they're kicking the posts and the, I had, you know, I had one yesterday and he got a drink and he, you know, he took like uh, yeah an absurd amount of time to have a drink of water before a penalty. Like it's the only time a goalkeeper ever needs a drink is before a penalty kick. Absolutely. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. So now what it says is that it, it, it specifies for the defending goalkeeper. And, and this is why I was wondering earlier on whether that sort of, not appreciating that the yellow cards and cautions are are wiped at the end of the game. I thought that was Mm. a new thing being introduced to deal with this because what it says is the defending goalkeeper must remain on the goal line facing the kicker between the goalposts um, until the ball is kicked. And the goalkeeper, this new word's inserted now, must not behave in a way that unfairly distracts the kicker, e.g. delays the the taking of the kick or touch the goalpost, crossbar, or goal net. Mm-hmm. And that is a very common feature, goalkeepers sort of faffing about, as you've just mm-hmm. described, and wandering out to the penalty spot, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, there we go. Those, those are the the law changes. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
some more important than others some just a sort of bit of mild tinkering i think the i think the one about the um the offside law change i think is, is quite yeah, a useful it, one that that's clarification one. yeah that's that's one that's had the most uh changes i think the others are provide a little bit of extra clarification mm. but that not not huge differences no change on chimpanzee yet no, I know you'll be upset about that. I will. Oh, you should have seen some of the shin pads that are on display yesterday. Well, it's 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 ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, they're like poker it's, stamps. It definitely needs it definitely needs addressing. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised that there hasn't been. And and like a really good point, like there was a there was a pretty high impact, high force challenge, um, yesterday that that the player got sent off for, um, but the guy he tackled. I mean, thank goodness the the tackle hit him on the side of the knee and not on the shin. That's all I'm going to say because yeah. he didn't have a shin pad that was going to protect his shin. So you know, um, and these players always think it won't happen to me until it does. But you know, I'll keep I'll keep kind of telling players, and they'll keep looking at me, going, "You're an idiot, ref," and until it gets changed officially somewhere. I um, I reckon that the um, I think there is a principal factor that explains why we're we're less concerned about um chin pads than we probably ought to be um and a, and a slightly more minor factor i think one more minor factor is that we don't get many broken shin type no. injuries so i think it's sort of generally recognized as one of the strongest mm. bones of the body um but i think that probably the more substantial reason for why this kind of has been allowed to slip is that the, the nature of the game of football, you know, now compared it's with... It's a lot less physical now, isn't it? It's yeah. a lot less physical. It's a lot yeah, less physicality tolerated. I do, think um, were, I do think, though, we're in a strange world where we're more concerned about the colour of Under Armour on a shirt than we are the yeah, actual safety of somebody's skeletal system. I agree. I mean, it, it, it's... it's a, I mean, I don't understand what the issue is about wearing chimpanzees. I mean, I, I know it's like wearing... Big shin pads, and as in, like, because you, you can get like super bulky ones, but the technology is so good now. Mm, they just spread get, the impact, don't they, and stuff. And yeah, quite like thin. really. Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about this, didn't we, on one of the episodes, but about how the the, the technology is and the and, and how they can um, spread the impact. But so they don't oh. have to be huge bulky things. Like, I mean, I remember when I used to, you know, first started playing. You know, they were massive things. Mm. Ridiculous. I'll also say like. Yesterday, you know, I, I can't remember what the situation was. It was probably just a foul that I didn't give or something, or not even a foul, but they thought it was a foul. And one of the comments that comes out from the the either the, the bench or the the fans is, oh, when are you going to – no, I think it came from one of the, the players, actually. When are you going to protect our players? You know, you need to protect the safety of us out here. Yeah, it's like, no. well, you know, if, if you want me to protect the safety of, of you, then – you know, you need to obviously protect the safety of yourself as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, and you're not wearing appropriate protective equipment, you know, and I do know the law. The law is clear on this, but it's. I just don't think it's worth having that battle with a player before you kick off because you're going to lose that player in terms yeah. of man management and stuff, you know. Um, and it's it doesn't make life easy. No, it doesn't. So anyway, those, those there's a VAR law change, which I'm not remotely interested in. Um, because it doesn't impact upon anything that virtually any of our listeners can be involved in, but it's there on the IFAB law changes if anyone wants to look at it. Yeah. So those are those the law changes. Um, I was just going to, because I know we're on a slight constraints of time, I was just going to deal with one post-bag uh, letter this week. Adam, that's right with you. Absolutely and, and I right. Feel t- I feel terrible now, because I think this one came through to us on Instagram, and I've been scrolling through while I've been chatting to you, trying to find <laughs> who, who wrote it. I do remember their name was like Peter. I remember that much. See, whereas and, I've uh, just I've just been sitting on WhatsApp while we've been recording this. Well, so. exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to work out what's going on with this show. Um, and his name is Peter, and he I know that he was from London. I, I remember he was from South East London because he refereed in some South East London leagues. And he <laughs> was asking... from um I thought really good question, uh, and this is sort of very sort of UK and Europe focused. I'm afraid, Northern but hemisphere focused, yeah. He said, obviously, um, season's ended and the new season's not starting up again for a few weeks' time. Uh, what advice would you give to referees um, in terms of what they should be doing with regards to their fitness during the summer break? Good question. question. That's a lovely question, question, Peter. Um, I think. 
That's a really good question. I think one of the most important things, like with football refereeing, is especially if you're doing like full seasons and you've ref most of the season and stuff like that, is just give yourself a break. Yeah. Um, like for your fitness, like you need time to rest, and and you, it's hard to find that time to rest in in the throes of the season. I'm going for it now. Like we're coming towards the end of the season, and I'm getting a bit tired of it. Um. And so, plus all my injuries aren't helping. So, you know, it's been a long season for me. And you also need that mental rest. That's really important. Like, take time away from football. I know we all love it and stuff, but you, you do need to make sure you keep your passion for it fresh. And your and, yeah. and the mental strain you're under as a referee is great. So you do definitely need that time away. You know, and I know there'll be lots of temptation to go and do tournaments or, or whatever it might be um, where you're still, you know, and it's like that decision fatigue. That can add quite a lot of stress to you. So definitely, definitely, definitely just take time away. Enjoy time away. Relax. Drink drink some beer. Have some cocktails. Have some red wine and Coke in, in a glass at the same time. Um, and, and just do that. Like, I think that's really the most important thing. You're not going to lose your fitness as quickly as you think you are. Um, no. that's, that's the other most important thing to, to mark here. Like, fitness doesn't come and go that quickly and even if you do lose a little bit it's not going to take you that long to regain where you need to be for the time upon which you need to do it so you know if you take say let's say if you take two months of rest let's say yeah you one you're not going to rest because if you're a referee you're probably quite an active person anyway so that would be fine um even if you took two months of total rest, but you still just went to work, played with your family and, you know, went on an active holiday and stuff like that, like you're, you're not going to notice much of a drop in fitness. And if you do, it'll only take you a couple of weeks, maybe a month of training before the season starts again to make you feel good and ready to go. So I think that's really the main message. Don't, don't freak out about it. Don't panic about it. Um, There is, there is a, blog on i've written a blog on on this like you were gonna um, you were gonna dumb it down do you remember you did a uh one which was really yeah, quite difficult. Got to that, yeah. okay well i mean maybe if you get a chance sort of the next sort of month or so before mm-hmm. sort of build up to the new season to give us sort of the the slim down version i mean i agree with everything you said so far mm-hmm. um you 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 do need to have a mental and physical break from football um you want to go back into the new season sort of feeling energized excited not fatigued so i think that is important and secondly as you rightly say i think the reality is most people who referee do not then sit on their backsides for the whole of summer doing absolutely nothing you know there are people who are playing other sports who go to the gym that you know lead active lifestyles anyway um and so you know you as you say you're not going to have a disaster if you sort of just slow down for a bit over the summer and then it's just a question about like you know getting ready to build up again to the start of the new season so you don't want to be you know you don't want to be stepping through on the pitch the first game at the end of august uh not having run or jogged for sort of eight weeks or not having done any stretches or whatever so it's just a question about you know beginning to build up again in anticipation of the season starting I, I also think an important part of it as well is take on pre-season games take on fully fledged yeah. pre-season games and give yourself that kind of light easy way back into it and just tell the players it's pre-season for me and it's pre-season for you so let's just go into that context yeah the blog i was going to refer you to is is how much weight do i gain on vacation is it's on my website thegymstarter.com um and i know it's not always about weight gain but in that i go into how long it takes to lose fitness like and there's a few studies out there that that kind of go into it very well and so if you just want to see the facts then it's all on there for you to um to have a look at and pre-season training is a really good idea because it kind of gets the muscle memory back going again it gets you sort of um, active again but it's also that they're, they're all everybody's sort of coming back into it at a slightly slower yeah, pace a bit more Taking relaxed. it easy yeah. no one, it's a bit of fun no one wants to get injured mm-hmm. um so it's a yeah good way back in yeah, so that's good. Good, good tip. Yeah, good question. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, where well, in Where in the southeast are you from, Peter? Uh, well, if I could find his Instagram message, I'd be able to tell you from his I look post. forward to his um, response. Um, so uh, that just leads us on to the last part of this podcast, Adam. Cue jingle. It's now time for Ed's fun. So this week, I thought we would um, 
because it's a fairly short episode, I'm not going to burden you all with lots of uh, fun facts this week. And I still haven't finished the fun facts that I sort of did in the last podcast. So I don't know if you remember, Adam, the last podcast, I'd found the stats for the Premiership referees. Remember we were doing that? Yeah, I do remember. It was really, really Mm. interesting. It was very interesting. And I haven't finished that. And I will, before the, the new season starts, go back to those because. There were lots of interesting and sort of fun facts about, you know, the teams that benefited most and, and suffered most last season uh, from decisions. But I thought this week I just I, I sort of stumbled across uh, a, a few uh, articles talking about referee incomes. I know we've talked about this oh. before, but um, I, fa- I came across a, a, a Spanish article, something from the Spanish media, which has been obviously translated into English because my Spanish is not very good, which was comparing and contrasting uh, about sort of the, how much people were paid uh, across the sort of professional leagues in Europe. And I just thought it was quite interesting to have a look at this. Um, do you know when it was, Adam, that referees mm-hmm. became professional in Spain? Because I, I think in the U- I think the UK, it was, referees became professional my, by memory. I don't know how in front of me. I think it was about 2002. Really? It was no, it yeah. wasn't that late. No. No, I think it was. Really? All right, in Spain. Let's it... go. Hang on. So when did what, Spain what... when did Spain host a World Cup? 1986. No. Bear bear in mind this is the La Liga is one of the, you know, mm. um oldest leagues. Yeah, and it's one of the biggest leagues. Mm. Um yeah. I reckon it's something oh, all right, I reckon judging by this, I reckon it's something like 2010. Uh, well, do you know what? It was 2020, Adam, that what? became professional in Spain. Can you believe that? In Spain? Yeah. They wow. Professional in Spain. And this is after they won two World Cups and two European Championships or whatever they did. I'm really impressed with my memory wow. about the UK. It was 2002, was it? 2001. No. 2001 wow. is when... Um, and so what's interesting, I thought... Um, is that although they became professional in 2020, um, Spanish referees are the highest earning officials in Europe. Mm, I think so, I've heard that before, yeah. Um, and so how much do you think the uh, annual salary is of uh, a professional La Liga referee? Annual oh, salary. 130 grand. Do you know what? It is two hundred and twenty thousand pounds. Yeah. What? That's, that's mad, isn't it? For like yeah. a league that only has two clubs in it, that kind of a competitive. They that is earn crazy. An average. Um. So that they, they, they yeah so they earn one about one three times about a Premier League referee so they they earn about um. Three thousand seven hundred pounds per match. Wow! So the 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 lesson to be learned in this is if you're a young referee, learn yeah. Spanish. Get learning your Spanish on Duolingo. Get um, learning and your yes, Spanish. So uh, I mean that's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? That so is that, phenomenal. That's, that's the Spanish who are obviously doing very very well. Um, what would you say is the average annual salary in the Premiership? It's about, mm, mm, I think it's gone up recently. I think the last time I looked, it was about 90 grand. Because now I think it's probably closer to 100. Yeah, 96,634 pounds. That's more than an MP gets. Not a bad cross. um, Well, as their um, MP salary, yeah. Mm, Yeah, yeah, of course. But so... In, yeah, so if you think about it, so compared with with fees per match, it's it's a third, it's basically a third of what the Spanish get. So one thousand one hundred forty pounds per match, which is not crazy. one to be, not to be sniffed at, not at all. Um, but how much? Do, uh, and this is across the board. I think I think everybody who referees um, in the Champions League gets paid the same match fee, regardless of which country they come from, as you right. might expect. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, what do you think that is in Euros? Champions League? The Champions League official. match fee? Yeah. In Euros? I don't even know what the conversion would be. Uh, it's pretty much... It's it's it's, a, it's it's pretty similar. It's it's like 10% off of... I don't know, 2,200 pounds? 200, 2,000 Hundred euros. I got there eventually. <laughs> so do what? Champions League is where it's at, Adam. Seven thousand euros per game. Wow. 
good wow. gig, isn't it? Wow, that is. 7,000 euros a game. Europe. That's amazing. For, Champ- for Champions League, um, which is pretty good going. Now, what about in Germany, in the Bundesliga? Uh, what do you think the annual salary in the Bundesliga is? I bet is? it's lower than... Less games. Yeah. Uh, referees rarely... I don't think... Are they rarely or don't exceed 20 matches per season? Around 75,000? No, they're better paid than the UK. They're, wow. They're on an average annual salary of just shy of £110,000. How long do you reckon it is until the UK P, like PGMOL officials go on strike? Uh after listening to this podcast, yeah, soon I, I thought I they'll, they'll, they'll all be <laughs> yeah, up in arms. Hate us. <laughs> they'll all be up in arms. Um, Everyone else is striking at the moment. Why not them? Because we are the poor relation. I mean, it's not. It's hardly. You can't, you can't really use the word poor. I'm talking about salaries of like hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, they referee in the most competitive, most financially funded league. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what about no in wonder, the league? No wonder oh. no one has respect. Referees, uh, in, in, in France, or oh, maybe yeah. like, well, if it's it must be higher than the UK, right? It is higher than the UK, yeah. Wow, 110, 105,000 pounds. 105, yeah. football's so much easier in those countries. Um, I yeah. can speak a bit of French, I could do that. I've got a degree in French, but I'm La Rouge, there you go. Here's La Rouge carte. There we go. How was that? Uh, that's a red card. I'm sending you off. It would be la carte rouge. That's what well, uh, oh, Golly. Yeah. Je m'appelle Adam. Et toi? Um, so, and then Serie A, Adam. Serie A. The Italians. Um, um, they, ref- they referee on average about 15 or 16 games a year. So we thought it was a good oh, game to be in Spain. Yeah, it's yeah. a good game to be in Spain. What do you think the annual salary is for uh, 150? Serie A? £123,000. I'll do whatever for 20 games. $10,000 a game. And they get paid one of the highest rates for being a VAR official, right? VAR official in Serie A earns you €1,500 for sitting at, you know, at their version of Stockley Park and, um, you know, saying yay or nay in terms of VAR stuff. That's not bad, is it, for a few hours' work sat in front of the screens? I'll do very Um, well. And then finally, uh, and I hope this article is up to date, but uh, referee salaries in the Primera Liga in Portugal. Um, now, referees in Portugal are still only semi-professional. Oh. Um, but how much do you think they get paid uh, per game? That's probably the easiest way to provide a comparison. 1,200. Very good, not bad actually. It's like thirteen hundred pounds. Oh, that was very close. Um, but the weird thing is, I don't know how this works out because it says referees are expected to conduct three days of preparation per week. Oh, so I'm not quite sure how that works out. But anyway, it says that um, they they're expected to work three days per week, giving them an annual salary of about twenty six thousand pounds, which the article said. Um, I quote, not a bad side hustle alongside another job. It's not um, a bad side hustle. Next little fun fact, I'm always done. Uh, is, I thought it was quite interesting. Did you know, Adam, that before all premiership games, the PGMOL data analysts mm. provide the referees with useful data that might mm-hmm. relate to the game? They get a refer- Did you know that? Yeah, I did. Because we get it as well. We have something called Scout. So they, we can they get, information, get information like, you know, whether goalkeepers tend to play out from the back or go yep. long to help how, people position How often they turn the ball over, what part of the field they generally turn the ball over. Yeah, which players how, are regularly involved in yep. offside. How many, what players, you know, like discipline count. Um, yep. Yep. Where, what, goals where, are where they position generally. themselves in terms yep. of corners and set pieces. Yep. I was about to say that, yep. Yeah, all that stuff. I found it, I found it fascinating. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it helps you. It helps you position in so much when you have those facts, um, especially with like turnover of, of possession. That's a very important one to look into. And final fact, because I found out about this book that I am actually going to download and order and have a listen. It's a book called "Blowing the Whistle: The Psychology of oh, Football Refereeing." That'd be good. Okay, it does sound good, doesn't it? But interestingly, a little snippet from that <laughs> is. Uh, when you are, do you think a referee at the top level gives out more 
or less yellow cards to the away team as opposed to the home team? Less. No. So um, <clears throat> referees tend to give more yellow cards to the away team based on a study that reviewed data from more than 5,000 Premier League matches between 1992 wow. and 2005, right? And they put it down to a possible reason being the referee's tendency to try and appease the home crowd mm. or what you know, people would be more familiar if there's a students and studied, you know, social bias, which I thought was mm. interesting. But how what percentage more cards do you think they give to away teams and home teams in that study they did over that sort of... Maybe a quarter more? 25%? 40% more likely. 40? Wow. Now, I wonder whether... So that went up to like four years post-professionalism mm. in the... So I'd, I'd, be, I'd be intrigued I, I to find out... I reckon that's leveled out. I reckon that would be leveled out. I reckon it'd be better now. Mm. But it... Uh, I thought it was quite an interesting stuff. Anyway, I'm going to go away and read that book. That also um, depends greatly on the teams. Like, if you think of the teams around that time, like Wimbledon were probably getting cards left, right and centre every single game. Do you know what I mean? Arsenal were pretty rough and ready back then. Um, and generally, I reckon the yellow card counts will be lower now compared to oh, back then as well. 100%, because the game is less physical. Mm. And, it's uh, a lot more free-flowing football. But, it, I mean, that was a fairly significant analysis, 1992 mm. to 2005. Almost like we're called a, Blowing the Whistle. Blowing the Whistle, The Psychology of Football Refereeing by Excellent. Stuart Carrington. Stuart Carrington. Yeah. He sounds very English, doesn't he? He does sound very English. So, anyway, there we go. Those are my fun facts of the week, Adam. Awesome. And we've all got some homework to listen to or read. Exactly. Good well, stuff. I'll, I'll have a listen, see if there's anything interesting to tell you about in a future episode. Awesome. Right. right. Well, you have a lovely uh, Sunday evening. What's left of it? Uh, yes, and I don't know when we're going to next record because uh, I'm going on holiday next weekend. Adam, you so... cyberette. So uh... are you going to Spain to drink Coke and red wine? No, I'm off to cruise down the Croatian coast. Oh wow, Dubrovnik is gorgeous. You've been and, to Dubrovnik uh... before? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I'll tell you I what, the Adriatic Dubrovnik. Sea is one of the most gorgeous Beautiful. seas I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, it's uh, like your, it's been such that's a long like time since the last holiday, holiday in like three I really, months. Really need a break, Adam. You're absurd. Well, enjoy yourself, won't you? Will do. And uh, I'll speak to you and I don't want to get back. Cool. And I expect lots of photos in Hawaiian shirts, like always. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. Speak See to you soon, soon, my friend. Ciao, Take ciao. Bye. Bye. Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Red or Yellow. You're clearly a very fit listener. May I gently remind you to like and subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app. That way, each week when we release a new episode, our meandering chats will magically appear on your phone. Don't forget, you can also get 10% off any referee and equipment that you need. If you're in Australia, just head to www processsports.com and if you're in the UK go to the referee.store.co.uk and then just use the code red or yellow 10 at checkout thank you so much for listening this week don't forget to follow us on social media it's at red or yellow pod and we cannot wait to speak to you again very very soon ciao ciao